your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 349 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And it has been just a completely chaotic whirlwind 48 hours or so for this New York Ranger franchise. You know, I almost kind of blame myself for this because subconsciously, I think coming into this week, you know, I saw that the Rangers, they only had four regular season games left, and it was becoming pretty obvious that they were not going to be going to the playoffs. I mean, nothing short of a miracle coming into the week was going to get this team into the postseason. And I'm thinking, you know, we're probably just going to wind down. This season has had its ups and downs. It's been chaos at times. You know, everything with Tony D'Angelo, we don't need to get into that. Everything with Artemi Panarin and the, uh, you know, political hit piece against him. Everything with the coaching staff getting, you know, COVID, being placed on the COVID list. Everything with Mika Zibanejad at the start of the season. And, you know, what's wrong with Mika? What's wrong with Mika? I'm thinking, you know, through all this, we're going to get to the end of the regular season here. And despite all the trials and tribulations that this team has faced this year, we're going to be feeling pretty good about where everything stands, where the rebuild is, and this team's chances of making the playoffs next season. I think all of us collectively were still feeling pretty good overall. And then, of course, you get Tom Wilson on Monday night, just being Tom Wilson, acting like a complete jackass out there, placing his stick on the back of Pavel Buchnevich's neck, punching him in the back of the head, ragdolling Artemi Panarin, pulling him to the ice by his hair, on and on and on. Then... That, of course, leads to the Rangers releasing a scathing takedown of the NHL Department of Player Safety, and specifically George Peros. And then after that, we get the absolutely just jaw-dropping, there, there's no words for it, the insane firing of John Davidson and Jeff Gorton. And then tonight, we get a reenactment of the movie Slap Shots with six fights in the first five or so minutes, whatever it was, uh, just complete chaos, complete pandemonium on the ice. And I'll say what I said uh, in our last episode regarding everything that happened tonight because, you know, I saw some people calling this embarrassing and I won't go that far, but whatever this is, whatever this was tonight, whatever word you choose to describe this, whether you think the Rangers were justified in their actions or not, whether you think that Tom Wilson should have maybe just been suspended for this one game to prevent this from happening, whatever your opinion on the entire matter might be, the bottom line is... The blood is on the NHL's hands because they, and to a lesser extent, the Washington Capitals, because neither party has done anything over the last however many years you want to go back to correct this, to get Tom Wilson to behave like a normal functioning member of society. They have completely dropped the ball on that. And if there's not going to be any repercussions, then what incentive does Tom Wilson have to stop acting like this, to stop messing with people's careers? Because that's what he, he's messing with people's lives, what he did with Artemi Panarin the other night and Pavel Luchnevich. So, you know what? There were six fights in the first five minutes. I don't believe this was embarrassing, as some people uh, were calling it on social media, because the reason I didn't think this was embarrassing, you know, everybody likes to talk about old school hockey, right? And old school grit and all oh, back in the day, this is how it was, this, that, and the other thing. It wasn't. I mean, it was kind of a long time ago. It was several decades ago. But back then, it was somewhat commonplace where you would have 
five-on-five fights. You would have benches clearing brawls. You would have just complete chaos anytime two rivalries, two rivals, excuse me, got together. And we very rarely see that. But everybody wants to talk about old-school hockey and that old-school grit and all that stuff. And we got a dose of that tonight. Every now and then, hockey gets called back to his its roots. And that's what we saw in this game here tonight. And I think the Rangers, everything they did tonight, I don't have any fault with any of it. They were completely justified. And one of the biggest reasons they were justified in doing what they did is because, and I tweeted this out, at the early parts of the game, I think right after the uh, the line fight to start the game, it's that the NHL sent a message to the Rangers and basically the entire league and all the fans and everybody else that the only justice that you're going to get is the justice that you take because there was no justice for the Rangers with anything that happened with Tom Wilson, uh, the goon, you know, just he, he could have ended somebody's career the way he was acting the other night. And it was just a complete embarrassment. And, I'll say this as well. If you want to call whatever happened tonight embarrassing, this game between the Rangers and Caps, all the fighting, you can do that. I mean, that's your right. That's your opinion on the matter. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't call it embarrassing. These were fair fights. These were mano e mano fights. There was no sucker punching. There was no targeting somebody's knee. There was no placing your stick on the back of somebody's neck and punching them in the head. There was no grabbing somebody by the hair and pulling them down to the ice. These were fair fights. These are grown adults. They're playing in the NHL. I mean, listen, This you sign up for this. If you're going to empower Tom Wilson time and time again, then this is what's going to happen sooner or later because the players were forced to take matters into their own hands tonight. And I'm not condoning senseless violence or anything like that. I'm not uh, looking for players to go out there and try to end each other's careers or give each other concussions or anything like that. But the bottom line is the Rangers needed to respond tonight. If the Rangers didn't have any response for the Capitals tonight, then the Capitals and really every other team in the NHL would know that they can push the Rangers around anytime they feel like it. And there's not going to be any pushback. The Rangers had to answer back tonight. So the game starts with a three-on-three brawl. What else did you expect? What else did the NHL expect? All they had to do was give Tom Wilson some kind of a disciplinary measure other than the $5,000 fine, suspend him for at least this game just to get him off the ice or, you know, suspend him better yet indefinitely as he should have been suspended for this latest embarrassing incident of his on the ice. But the Rangers absolutely had to answer the bell and come out swinging tonight. And I don't have any fault with anything that they did. And an especially big kudos to Brennan Smith for fighting that lunatic Tom Wilson. You know, it takes guts to do what Brennan Smith did. And looking at the Ranger roster, I know there was some talk about, well, maybe Mason Gearson could be called up uh, from the AHL to the NHL to take on Tom Wilson. Uh, That did not happen. So really, I mean, Brennan Smith was the only choice. Who else on the Ranger team is going to be any match for Tom Wilson? Who would you feel good about as a Ranger fan? Uh, dropping his gloves and taking on Tom Wilson in a fight. I can't really think of anybody. And, you know, even the guys that I could throw out there are all injured right now. You know, you could maybe throw Ryan Lindgren out there, throw Jacob Trouba out there, throw Chris Kreider out there. If Brandon Lemieux hadn't been traded, you know he would have been in the middle of everything tonight. If Tony D'Angelo was still around, you know he probably would have done something too. Um, But, you know, the Rangers, they did what they had to do because the NHL did absolutely nothing. So the onus was on the Rangers to uh, stand up for themselves and send a message that they're not going to be pushed around like that in the future. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. 
The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. All right, so as this episode goes on, I'm going to be kind of shifting the focus back and forth between everything that happened in this game tonight. We already talked about that for a little while. And also the firing of John Davidson and Jeff Gorton because like a lot of you, I mean, my brain is just kind of all over the place trying to process everything that's happened with this team in the last 48 hours here. And it's quite the task right now, I will say that. But um, yeah, I mean, Jeff Gorton, John Davidson, both out. It seemingly came out of nowhere. It caught literally everybody by surprise. Whether you cover this team, whether you're a fan of this team, whether you're just a general hockey team, I don't think anybody saw this coming. By all accounts, you know, most fans, most analysts believe that the Ranger rebuild was going in the right direction. And that certainly, and I've been saying this for a long time on my podcast, look, if Jeff Gordon and John Davidson have been perfect in their roles as GM and president, respectively, no, they have not. They've had some misses along the way. I think one that really jumps to mind is the trade that sent JT Miller and Ryan McDonough to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Rangers just didn't get enough back in return for that. You know, they traded two darn good players. And what do they get back? They get Brett Howden and Libor Hayek and Vladislav Domestikov and a couple of draft picks. Not good enough. But I think that was one of the few outliers. I think most of the things that John Davidson and Jeff Gorton did were to be commended. I mean, you bring in Artemi Panarin on this big money contract to kind of make him the centerpiece of the rebuild. You draft Igor Shesterkin in the fourth round, and what a steal that looks like it's about to turn out to be. You do everything you can to do a full-fledged teardown rebuild, and it takes guts to do that because, you know, Guys who might want to play a little bit closer to the vest and guys who are overly concerned with their job security would have probably just stuck with the same Ranger players uh, going forward and not done the rebuild at all and just had those guys get too old to really uh, continue to be Stanley Cup contenders. I mean, the window had pretty much shut on that group of players. And so the Rangers, they were proactive about it. They shipped them out. They still could get uh, good assets in return for beloved players, guys like JT Miller, guys like Ryan McDonough, guys like Matt Zuccarello. Guys like uh, Rick Nash, guys like even Michael Grabner. You know, he was a good player while he was here. And they did what they had to do, and they got younger. They traded away my personal favorite player on the Raiders at the time, Derek Broussard. Got Mika Zibanejad back in return for him. So how's that looking? That's looking pretty good to me. So it's just completely asinine that these two guys were fired. And it sounds like the prevailing thought here. I mean, when the news first broke, I think I had the same reaction that a lot of you probably did, thinking that it was probably because the statement that the Rangers put out uh, the day after everything went down with Tom Wilson. Once the Rangers found out that Tom Wilson would only be fined $5,000 and that he would not be suspended, they released that scathing address. I read that on the uh, most recent episode. You can go back and check that out if you want. I really lay into Tom Wilson. I really lay into the NHL for the complete mishandling of this entire situation. But bottom line, they really attacked the NHL Department of Player Safety, and they really went after George Peros in particular. And I assumed that Dolan didn't like that, and that cost the two of these men their job. But then there were reports that Dolan hasn't been satisfied with where the Rangers are right now. He thinks they should be better than where they are, 
and he thinks that they should be, you know, maybe in the playoff mix and that this rebuild should be further along. But a full-fledged teardown rebuild takes time. And I believe that John Davidson and Jeff Gorton were operating under the assumption that they would be given a significant amount of time to turn this thing around and to rebuild the New York Rangers into a Stanley Cup contender. And they were doing a hell of a job of it. This thing was coming along. And here's how you know this for sure, okay? Let's think about the Ranger roster right now. Think about everybody top to bottom, all the forwards, all the defensemen, all the goalies. Can you guys name me one, one player on this team that has failed to live up to expectations this season? I don't really know how many there are. I mean, listen, the, the two names that are going to come up, and maybe even a, a few of them just shouted them at me as I just said that, the two names that are going to come up as far as maybe they didn't quite meet expectations this year are Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco. But you got to keep in mind, Alexi Lafreniere is 19 years old. Capo Caco is 20 years old. It takes some time to get good at this NHL level. Not everybody can be Alex Ovechkin as soon as they their skates touch the ice in an NHL hockey game. You know, it does take some time. And I think anybody who's watched this team carefully, and I question whether James Dolan has watched this team carefully over this season, I mean, think about it. How, how If the Raiders and Knicks are playing on the same night, which team do you think James Dolan is watching? You know? It's just it's just maddening that this one man, this one fool, is able to basically just derail what was one of the model rebuilds that we've seen in sports over the past decade or however long you want to go back. This thing is definitely going in the right direction. But getting back to Lafreniere and Kako, yeah, you know what? If you look at their point totals, and this is something that Dolan did probably about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, saw their point totals, decided he wasn't happy, and then started mulling around with the idea of getting rid of John Davidson and Jeff Gorton. But even though... Lafreniere and Kako, they don't have as many points as maybe you or me. I mean, I'll admit, I thought both guys would have more points this season than they do right now. But be that as it may, if you watch this team on a night-in-and-night-out basis, once again, something that I really am not convinced that James Dolan does, you can see they are clearly moving the right direction. They are clearly getting better. Alexi Lafreniere scored a nice goal tonight. He seems to have some chemistry on that top line with Mika Zibanejad. And I really think the sky's the limit. He has shown flashes this year. He got off to a really, really slow start. And if you project his numbers, everything that he's done this year, and you factor in the fact that it's going to be a 56-game regular season, and you project it to an 82-game regular season, you also consider the fact that Alexi Lafreniere spent most of this season on the third line. You also consider the fact that he hadn't played hockey in 10 months. He didn't have any preseason games with the Rangers. There was not really that long of a training camp. I think Alexi Lafreniere has done just fine for himself this season as a rookie. And if you want to look at Capo Caco, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Again, I thought he would have more points by this time this season, but if you look at the way he's been playing the game this year, he is a far more assertive player this year than he was last year. He is willing to use his size and use his strength and body guys up and knock guys off the puck, go to the net. We've seen him get a couple of dirty goals this season. Both players are getting better. Beyond Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco, though, if you look at this Ranger roster, this this entire lineup, all the forwards, all the defensemen, all the goalies, there is not a single player on this team who has not at least lived up to expectations, if not greatly exceeded them. And so for James Dolan to come in and just decide that, oh, Jeff Gordon, John Davidson, I don't like the way this is going. I want this to happen faster. You're a child. You're a child who's whining that he doesn't get what he wants fast enough. And it just sucks. It just sucks for all of us Ranger fans that this one man has just complete 
control of this franchise. James Dolan doesn't like the way that this rebuild is going. Really, James? So you don't like the fact that the Rangers brought in Adam Fox in a trade that was orchestrated, again, by these same two men, Jeff Gorin and John Davidson. You don't like the fact that we brought in Adam Fox, who is the best defenseman in the NHL, hands down. I will not accept any other answers. Adam Fox is the gold standard of NHL defensemen right now. You don't like the fact that we brought him in from the Carolina Hurricanes for two second-round draft picks. Really? Do you also not like the fact that we basically stole Ryan Lindgren from the rival Boston Bruins? He was basically just a throw-in in a trade that sent Rick Nash to the Boston Bruins. Rick Nash played about 15 games for the Bruins, and we've got Ryan Lindgren now, one of the best, I don't want to say one of the best young defensemen in hockey, but he's good. I mean, I think he'd be a top-four defenseman on just about any team in this league. Good, hard-nosed, grinded-out type player. you got to like Ryan Lindgren. you got to like what the Rangers got him for. James Dolan doesn't like the rebuild. So he doesn't like the fact that we flipped Derek Broussard to the Ottawa Senators and got Mika Zibanejad back in exchange for him, a player that has gotten better every single season that he spent with the New York Rangers and is now a bona fide superstar in this league. And a guy whose stats are there despite having just a miserable first 20 games or so this season and doing this, having this kind of recovery in a season that's only going to last 56 games, all Mika's stats are there. I mean, he is slightly off the pace of what he did last year. He's been absolutely fantastic. I guess... James Dolan isn't a fan of that move either. He must also not be too big of a fan of Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom was brought in here in a trade that sent Ryan Spooner to the Edmonton Oilers. Now listen, Ryan Strom is not a perfect player. I know from talking to some of you guys that he does have his critics, although he's been great over these last two seasons. And I think this season he also dispelled the notion that he needs Artemi Panarin to be a productive player because he was still very productive, perhaps even more so when Artemi Panarin was out of the lineup. He stepped up as a leader. The Rangers slapped the A on him tonight because so many of their alternate captains are out. So that was obviously uh, nice to see and well-deserved. But I guess, you know, James Dolan doesn't like the fact that the Rangers uh, acquired Ryan Strom in exchange for Ryan Spooner. For the record, Ryan Spooner is out of the NHL. So that's another steal. I'm not going to say Strom is a perfect player, but man, they crushed the Edmonton Oilers in that trade. Does James Dolan even know who Ryan Strom is? Does he even know how he came to be a New York Ranger? Does he even know that the Rangers absolutely stole this player from the Edmonton Oilers? Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But the fact that we don't even know that for sure, I can't even sit here with certainty and tell you for sure one way or another that James Dolan really knows anything about a player like Ryan Strom. I guess Dolan isn't a very big fan of Ke'Andre Miller either. Now, Ke'Andre Miller was a first-round draft pick, but it looked like it was a heck of a pick by the Rangers. He's obviously still very young. Wasn't even expected to make the opening night roster this season. He made it despite that, and he's been a very, very solid player. Looks to have a tremendously bright future with the New York Rangers in the NHL, and I guess James Dolan doesn't like him a whole lot either. Doesn't like the fact that the Rangers uh, picked Ke'Andre Miller in the first round and seem to have... Uh, somebody who has a chance to become a stellar defenseman in this league. He doesn't like having a player like that on his roster, a pick from J.D. and Jeff Gordon. But, oh, the Rangers aren't going to make the playoffs this year, so everybody has to be fired because I'm not getting what I want fast enough. You know what, James Dolan? I'm going to tell you something right now if you're listening to this, which I can guarantee you James Dolan is not listening to this podcast. But on the off chance that he is, James Dolan, you are liked by no one, you are respected by no one, and you may have done irreparable damage to your franchise here. Now, the good news is all these building blocks, all these players are still in place at least for now. I mean, God only knows what's going to happen when this season is over. Chris Jury has been announced as the uh, new general manager, the new team president as well. I think it's only fair for us to give Chris Jury a fair shake. I mean, he didn't cause any of this to happen as far as we know. Uh, he's getting an opportunity to be the Ranger GM, and we'll see how he does with it. Hopefully he does well. But yeah, this was just a completely unjust move uh, firing John Davidson 
and firing Jeff Gorton. It was completely uncalled for, completely insane. And I guarantee you, neither one of those guys are going to be out of work for very long, uh, given the body of work that they put forth uh, during their time with the New York Rangers here. But we're going to continue talking about that. We're going to continue talking about this demolition derby of a hockey game that we all witnessed tonight in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. All right, let's go ahead and shift our focus back to the game here for a hot minute. Uh, obviously, just a complete uh, bleep show, and the Rangers, basically the entire team, it felt like, got into a fight at one time or another in this game. Like we said, there were six fights in the first five minutes or so, and we had the original fight, the three-on-three line fight. As soon as the puck dropped, literally one second into the game, you had Kevin Rooney, Colin Blackwell, and Philip Giuseppe fighting Nick Dowd, Carl Haglin, and Garnett Hathaway. And then just a few minutes later, Brennan Smith goes after Tom Wilson, Brandon Smith gets an instigator for this and gets kicked out of the game for 10 minutes and did a great job. You know, I would call it a draw. And just the fact that Brandon Smith was able to hang with Tom Wilson there, uh, just really great to see him standing up for his teammates because it was Brandon Smith or nobody. I don't think anybody else on this roster uh, could really be any match for Tom Wilson in in a fight. I mean, I, I hate to say that, but that's just the facts. And, you know, I would say right around this time that I think the Rangers could and maybe even should bring back Brandon Smith next season. I think that, uh, you know, obviously he's kind of embraced this big brother role. We've talked about that a little bit recently. He's kind of the lone veteran defensive that the Rangers have available to them right now. And, you know, I mean, he's been on the team for four and a half seasons now. He's entering free agency. If the Rangers were to offer him a team-friendly one-year contract, I see no fault with that. I mean, they could bring him back for one year. I don't think that's going to do anything to, uh, you know, cripple the rebuild, what does cripple the rebuild, is firing the general manager and the president who have presided over the entire thing. And that's another thing. Like, 
anytime I kind of try to speculate or try to guess or try to you know give my two cents about what the Rangers could and should do in the future, I kind of try to see it through the eyes of Jeff Gorton and John Davidson. And okay, how would they feel about such and such player? Would they try to bring in this guy via free agency? Is that guy going to cost too much and they're not interested in him? Does this guy play their style of hockey? Uh, do they see the need to add some grit? Because I think that's been a common uh criticism of the two of them if there's been one uh, out there is that maybe this team does need a little more grit and so you know all those things taken into account I think that Gordon and JD probably would have been very open to talk at least talking to Brian Smith and seeing if they could get him back once again on a team-friendly one-year deal but now that they've both been fired I have no idea what the Rangers are going to do and again I think we all do owe it to Chris Drury to give him a fair chance here again he's not the one it certainly doesn't seem like I mean we never know what goes on behind the scenes here you never know what kind of politicking could take place, but I don't think Chris Jury's that guy. I think that this was an unfortunate situation where two guys who did not deserve to get fired got fired. Chris Jury's now in the driver's seat, and it's up to him to uh, basically keep the train on the tracks here because, you know, if I'm Chris Jury, and again, we're going to get back to the game in a second, but it's impossible not to just kind of shuffle back and forth between the firings and this uh, crazy game that we had tonight. But if I'm Chris Jury, man, I'm just looking to keep the train on the tracks. Don't screw anything up. Everything is moving in the correct direction. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Now, no two people are going to do the GM job the same, and he might have different ideas from John Davidson and Jeff Gordon, but by all accounts, you know, those guys had always been on the same page. So if I'm Chris Jury, man, I'm just going to try to humor James Dolan because James Dolan doesn't seem very bright when it comes to hockey. So just tell him, oh, yeah, man, we're going to do things a lot different under my watch, and then just keep doing what the Rangers have been doing anyway. What are the chances James Dolan's even going to notice? If the Knicks are playing that night, he's not going to notice at all. So... Yeah, I mean, if I'm Drury, you know, it's a heck of a job to walk into because, again, this team certainly seems to be going in the right direction. Uh, I've talked about how I would like to see them add a little bit more grit in the offseason. We'll see if Chris Drury addresses that need. But whatever vitriol Ranger fans are feeling right now, however much disgust you feel with this franchise over the firing of these two guys, and look— there might be a small contingent of Ranger fans out there who are happy about this. Maybe they don't like the job that John Davidson and Jeff Gordon have been doing. But I couldn't find any. I mean, on social media today, I'm looking around. Everybody's got an opinion on this matter. I don't think I found anybody, anybody, who said that, oh, this is a good thing. Yeah, John Davidson and Jeff Gordon, they really had to go. I think, you know, if there was an approval rating among Ranger fans, I know that's usually reserved for politics, but just play along here. If there was an approval rating for Jeff Gordon and JD, I mean, it's got to be like in the 80, 85, 90% range, does it not? I mean, I again, I couldn't find anybody saying anything bad about them. I couldn't find anybody who was happy about their dismissal when I was on social media all day today and all night tonight. It's just been a crazy day, but I didn't find anybody who was, you know, clamoring for their dismissal. But anyway, back to the fights here. Uh, Anthony Potato got into it with Michael Roffel. Ryan Strom dropped the gloves with Lars Eller. Kudos to Ryan Strom. Again, I really do think he stepped up as a leader for this team, uh, especially in their time of need, both tonight and when Artemi Panarin went down earlier this season and a lot of other players were slumping. Can't say enough good uh, about the things that Ryan Strom has done for this team this season. Uh, you had, I mean, just a minor penalty, but Carl Hagelin for slashing. Uh, Zdeno Chara for tripping. You had Kevin Rooney uh, with a game misconduct. Tom Wilson with a game misconduct. There was an incident during a TV timeout where Rooney stood up on the Ranger bench and kind of mocked Tom Wilson for that pose that he did the other night, which I thought was pretty funny. I don't know how that gets you a game misconduct, but that's what happened. I mean, who knows? Um, and then you had Pavel Buchnevich and Anthony Mantha. They got into it. They both, uh, you know, this was kind of lingering throughout the shift. Both players were out there for a while. They were kind of going back and forth. And then Mantha tried to chase down Pavel Buchnevich, and the two of them went out after each other uh, with their sticks very high in the air, uh, both, you know, looking to basically cross-check each other in the face. They go down to the ice. The linesmen jump in there immediately and get them separated. So 
Pavel Buchnevich ends up getting kicked out of the game for this. I could compare it to, uh, you know, Tom Wilson not getting kicked out of the game the other night, not having any kind of a suspension. But at this point, we're just beating a dead horse uh, when it comes to that. And then, of course, you had Zdeno Chara. He had to go over to the Ranger bench and mouth off to Brennan Smith. And Chara was given a 10-minute misconduct for that. And then the third period was, of, of the three periods, I, I suppose that was the one that looked most like a hockey game. Uh, we do have to mention the Ranger goals. Nice to see Alexi Lafreniere get on the score sheet. He scored a goal after receiving a pass from Philip Hedel, cut the Capitals' lead to 3-1 in the third period. And then Morgan Barron. You know, here we are, what are we, like 28 minutes into this episode here, and we're just now getting to Morgan Barron scoring his first NHL career goal. So uh, big-time congratulations to Morgan Barron. Obviously a really cool thing to see. It kind of happened in garbage time. The Capitals just scored an empty net goal to make the score 4-1, to and uh, Morgan Barron answered back with a goal going short side to beat Vanacek. And the other thing that I want to talk about tonight, I've got no love lost for the Capitals right now in the way that their entire franchise has handled this entire situation with Tom Wilson. But I will say, um, got a feel for TJ Oshie tonight. This was the first game I believe that he's played in uh, since his father passed away. And I guess his father, you know, hadn't been doing so well. Admittedly, I don't know the whole story. But I know that when the Capitals won the Stanley Cup a few years ago, uh, TJ Oshie was very emotional. He mentioned that his father doesn't really remember a whole lot these days, but that, you know, he thought he would remember this one. And then, of course, you know, his father passes away and Oshie ends up getting the hat trick tonight. So congratulations to TJ Oshie. Obviously a very emotional moment there for him. Uh, he was, you know, crying on the bench after he got the hat trick, I'm sure, thinking about his dad. So uh, obviously a nice moment there and what was... Otherwise, a very, very ugly night for both teams. The other thing that I haven't even mentioned yet is that Tom Wilson exited this game in the second period with an upper body injury. Yeah, I bet, dude. You're a real tough guy, real tough guy, you know. Do what you did the other night against a bunch of non-fighters and, you know, putting their careers potentially in jeopardy, and then you duck out in the second period of this game, uh, which, you know, turned into basically just a brawl and a brawl that you started. You were the cause of this, and you didn't have the guts to stick out uh, the rest of this game for the Washington Capitals, and you didn't have the guts to face the music. You didn't have the guts to face Brandon Smith in a fight again. I bet you'd fight Artemi Panarin or Ryan Strom again, but you won't fight Brandon Smith again. Just a gutless punk. That's what Tom Wilson is, and um, can't wait to root against the Washington Capitals in the playoffs. Something kind of fun that I wanted to talk about as well, some good news here for the Rangers, is that they have nominated Colin Blackwell as their guy who will be up for the Masterson Trophy. The Masterson Trophy, for anyone who might not be familiar with it, it is named after Bill Masterson, who is the only player in NHL history to die as a result of injuries suffered during a game. So obviously a tragic thing that happened to Bill Masterson. But as for the award itself, it goes to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. And I think Colin Blackwell absolutely fits the description there. Again, this is somebody who was a complete afterthought when the Rangers signed him as a free agent in this offseason. Somebody that was just going to you know, maybe play for the Wolfpack, maybe on the taxi squad, maybe uh, you know, tag into a game every once in a while when somebody was injured or somebody wasn't playing well. Instead, you know, he got a chance a handful of games into the season, started scoring goals in a pretty ridiculous clip. Became a very valuable player for the Rangers. He has slowed down a little bit recently, but you could say that about just about every player on the team right now. I mean, they've only scored a total of five goals in the last four games. Uh, but yeah, Colin Blackwell, again, somebody who at the age of 27 uh, had only ever played 33 games in his NHL career, did not give up, carved out a role for himself on the New York Rangers this season. Just a really cool story, a really fun story. Guy who plays the game with a lot of fire, a lot of energy, and uh, you can tell he's relishing this moment, getting a chance to be on the New York Rangers and be in the lineup every single night. And uh, here's hoping he can bring home that trophy.
But that's going to pretty much do it for tonight, guys. I mean, again, I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're past the 30-minute mark here, and I feel like we're still just kind of scratching the surface on everything that happened with the Rangers and Capitals, on everything that happened with the firing of J.D. and Jeff Gorton. These are situations we will continue to monitor going forward. And as far as the uh, recording schedule, so I'm recording this late Wednesday night. This will be Thursday's episode. The Rangers play the Bruins Thursday night. And I think what I might do, sometimes I record after, sometimes I wait until the next day. I think in the case of Thursday going into Friday, I'm going to wait until Friday, you know, at least late morning, early afternoon to record the next episode. Because if I record late Thursday night and then something crazy happens on Friday, I mean, you know, it's just, it's insane with the Rangers right now. So I feel like I'm probably better off uh, waiting a little bit longer. Again, we will continue to dissect the firings of John Davidson and Jeff Gorton and, uh, Anything else we can get into regarding the New York Rangers? Again, I was foolish for thinking that you know we were kind of uh, winding down here. Nothing too crazy was going to happen the rest of the way. The Rangers were just going to play out this season and um, be ready to go for next year. But, of course, given that James Dolan is in charge of this team, given the fact that it's the New York Rangers, that's not the case. But, once again, that will do it for tonight, guys. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, it is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.